In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the WBC Central Podcast. Today is going to be a blast. Um, We're going to continue our 2023 WBC pool breakdowns. Uh, Today we have Pool B, so a very, very fun pool to uh, go over. We're not just going to cover the top teams or the top players, but hopefully get to to dig into all of these rosters um, and as many players as we can as possible um, from all five teams in Pool B for the World Baseball Classic. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait. But first of all, we'll start off with the news and notes from this last week. Um, So yeah, we'll just jump right into those. So first off, the pitch clock in MLB has been um, taking up all of the news for spring training over the last couple of days. It's very controversial. Uh, it's it's speeding up games, which is what we want. It's, that's what's the purpose of the the pitch clock. So um, it's it's here to stay. I I don't think it's going away anytime soon. It's kind of stressful to watch those pitchers work that quickly, and batters have to be in the box with eight seconds left. <laughs> but it's clearly working. It seems like it is at least. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because. This is a good time to remind us that the new MLB rules, so like the larger bases, the pitch clock, things like that, are actually not going to be implemented in the 2023 WBC. So those are just MLB rules. Those those will not be used in this WBC, which is I think is the right decision because you have 19 other countries um, who are playing in their own leagues um, or with their own players that are not going to be in MLB that... Um, shouldn't have to get used to these rules if those aren't in their leagues. So we'll just play with these rules. MLB players will learn and adjust as their season starts at the end of spring training after the WBC and they jump into the season. It'll be a a quick turnaround, but I think that's the best way to keep this uh, WBC as uh, true to baseball before 2023 as possible. I like the changes for the most part, but we'll just keep it as is so everybody's comfortable for this year. Next up, Dominic Hamill. He is one of the top pitching prospects for the Mets. He is projected to start game three for Puerto Rico versus Israel in pool D. So that's going to be a lot of fun. He's a very intriguing prospect um, and they don't have a ton of starting pitchers. So their top two guys, Jose Barrios and uh, Marcus Stroman, those are the clear top two. Game three is going to be Dominic Hamill. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, The next thing to go over, Tommy Edmond is in Korea. He has officially landed He's joined his team in Seoul, um, so he's yeah he's ready to start start preparing with the team. Um, it was cool to see the footage of him uh, actually in the Seoul airport. Um, hopefully, I really hope he bonds well with the team. I know he didn't grow up there, um, but his mother's from Korea, so that'll be a lot of fun to see him play with with that really strong core of players. Um, next, not so good news: Alejandro Kirk is not playing in the WBC for Team Mexico. Good thing they still have Austin Barnes, who will be a reliable um, guy behind the backstop. Um, he's a pretty good bat. Not not as good as Alejandro Kirk. He's one of the best catchers in the WBC. Unfortunately, he won't be playing. They're having their baby, him and his partner. Um, and so they will not he, – he won't be playing. He hasn't even reported to training camp with uh, – spring training with Toronto yet. So they made a mutual decision, him and the team apparently, that he will not be playing. So that's sad for a team that I really liked in Mexico. Um, but next, Robinson Cano has been listed. He's been named Dominican Republic's captain. Not too much of a surprise because he's been the pre- captain previously and he's been a mainstay on the team for years now. I think a lot of people did want Manny Machado to be listed as the, the captain, to be named that captain of the future. And I think a lot of Dominican fans still kind of consider him the captain. But it's Robinson Cano. It's official. Nelson Cruz mentioned that he's their captain. That doesn't mean that he's going to be starting every game. Um, He's not good enough to start, but he'll get some innings for sure. Uh, He'll play and maybe pinch hit a couple games, maybe start a game or two. 
uh, maybe in pool play, uh, won't start every game, but he is their captain. He's a veteran presence in that, um, in that clubhouse. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, not every team has captains. A lot of them do though. Maybe about half of them at this point have named a captain. So I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool thing to be able to name a captain. They do it in the world cup, FIFA world cup as well. Um, all international soccer, um, they, they have captains. So it's fun to have that guy that you can kind of just rally around and trust to be like your leader. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for the news and notes, news and notes for this episode. So now we get into the fun part. Um, we're going to talk about the Pool B for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. This is going to be a full breakdown of every team in that pool, in Pool B. So, yeah, we got a lot to cover. Let's just jump right into it because it's it's going to be fun and it is a lot to cover. I want to cover as many players as I can in this pool. So we will start out with a team that I have been getting more acclimated to or at least more... Um, the word I want to use the more familiar with over the last couple of weeks. Cause for some reason I didn't have a bunch of um, people follow me or like have too many connections from this team, but team Australia the team we're going to cover first um, is a lot of fun. And I have been getting much more uh, information on Australian baseball, meeting a lot more guys that are connected with the Australian baseball team um team australia has been played in every wbc they should always be in the tournament i don't see there ever being a wbc unless something happens and they completely fall apart uh, there should never be a reason why they finish last in a pool and have to requalify or if they do i don't think they ha- should have any trouble requalifying for the wbc but they're a lot of fun like I said, I've met a lot of players uh, through Twitter that have reached out to me, personnel with Australian baseball. Um, really excited for this team. If you look at the WBC history for Australia, um, 2006, they finished 13th. In 2009, they finished 12th. In 2013, they finished 16th, unfortunately. And then uh, in 2017, they finished 9th, which was their best finish of uh, of any year that they've been in the WBC. But they've played in every single World Baseball Classic. Um, they have never made it out of the pool stage though. So if they found a way to make it out of the pool stage this year, it would be the biggest win, uh, and probably the biggest moment for Australian baseball in their history. So we'll start out with a couple not so great headlines or, or news about this roster to get it out of the way. There are two huge losses, probably their best two players that are eligible to play for Australia. Neither of them are playing one Curtis Mead, he was hurt in spring training. He would have been probably their best bat. Um, he's one of the top prospects in baseball, top prospects for, I believe he's the top prospect for the Rays. So he's trying to make a, the big league roster. He'll be focusing on spring training and staying with the team um, because of that injury he had last year. And then the biggest loss for them, and probably one of the biggest losses in the tournament, is uh, Liam Hendricks, uh, who just was announced last year that he uh, currently has cancer. So he is trying to recover from that and obviously won't be pitching anytime soon. We wish him the very best. Um, Obviously like the WBC is nothing compared to making sure that you're healthy, Um, but it's still a big loss for them. Um, I'm hoping he's hoping that they can still make it work um, and, and figure out how to put together some uh, some games in, in the bull, back of the bullpen uh, without him closing out games for them. But anyways, we'll move past that because that is the sad news. After that, we got captains. Uh, they actually have two captains. They're the only team that I know that has two captains in the WBC. They have Tim Atherton and Tim uh, Canelli, both veterans, uh, both named Tim. <laughs> I... Uh, I think that they're two, probably two of the better players on this team. They're both going to be uh, starters. Uh, Tim Canelli is going to be probably their leadoff hitter. He'll be in the starting lineup. Um, and then Tim Atherton, I think, is going to be their uh, their ace. So, yeah, those are their captains. Um, we'll go into the rest of the, the roster. There are no active major leaguers on this team, which is kind of unfortunate because in the past they have had active major leaguers. If they had Hendricks, they'd have an active major leaguer. Um, but 
They got a couple, bunch of minor leaguers and a bunch of players in the ABL. So we'll start out with the pitching. Warwick Sopold, he is a pitcher who formerly played in MLB and formerly played in KBO as well. We could see him pitch against Korea, possibly. They are in the same pool, and he has experience against Korean competition. So I, I think that that's a very real possibility. He's probably second in their rotation. So he's a big arm for them. Tim Atherton, one of their... Uh, one of their captains um he's in the triple i believe he either formerly was or currently is in the a's organization in triple a um kyle glogoski he was in the red organization um blake townsend um he is in the mariners organization so got a lot of guys that are both pitching and on the offensive side that were are in the minor leagues um and i think that they have uh, a decent chance to do pretty well in this in this pool it's just and we'll talk more about this this pool is very um very spread out in talent you got the top top two teams definitively and then you got the top bottom two and then australia is right in the middle if they underperform and are finished in the bottom two it is a massive disappointment if they overperform and finish in the top two then that is one of the biggest wins for australian baseball in history so uh, a couple other names to know uh, if you want to look over, uh, like if you if you want to still look at the the pitching, um, you got guys like uh, Todd Van Steensel, a former Twins prospect. Uh, he played in Mexico in the Venezuelan leagues. Um, he's their projected closer. He also played in 2017 for them. Um, a couple other names: Blake Townsend, uh, Jack O'Loughlin, uh, Liam Dulon. So um, yeah, they got a lot of guys in affiliated ball. We'll go on to their lineup. Their projected lineup right now is Tim Kennelly. Aaron Whitefield, uh, Robbie Glendinning, Logan Wade, Daryl George, Rickson Wingrove, Ulrich Boyarski, uh, Jordan McArdle, and Alex Hall. So you may know a couple of those names. Probably if you don't follow the ABL, you probably are not familiar with a lot of them. One name to know for sure is Aaron Whitefield. He actually is the closest player to playing in the majors on this team. He played for the Angels last year. Um, he He played... On the big league squad, I, I can see him playing on their team again. I don't know what their um, his situation is, whether he is going to make the big league roster. I don't believe so, but I could be wrong. So he he's probably their best hitter, um, or at least one of their top hitters. He played, I believe he played in the 2017 WBC as well. Don't quote me on that. But he did play in the Premier 12 a couple of years later and was like one of the star players in that uh, tournament. Um, elite defensive glove from what I understand and a pretty good bat as well. Uh, another p- a player that to, to look out for is Ulrich Boyarski, uh, Tigers prospect. He went off in the ABL. So definitely look out for him. Robbie Glendinning. He's a Royals prospect, uh, in double a last year, he had 19 home runs and 11 stolen bases. So double digits for both. Um, so they got a couple guys that are producing and putting up numbers in an affiliated ball in the minors. So um, wouldn't be, ex- wouldn't be too surprised to see them hit pretty well. Don't just don't know what to expect from the pitching. Um, if we move on to the rest of the lineup, a couple other guys, Jared Dale is a Padres prospect. Uh, Rickson Wingrove is in the Phillies organization. Uh, Liam Spence is pretty interesting. He's a Cubs prospect. Uh, he played, I believe at Tennessee uh, when he was uh, in college plays all the positions on the field, like all infield and outfield positions. He's got a great glove. It's just his bat's kind of lacking. Um, I don't think that he brings much to the plate. Um, so I think the Cubs have him because he's just super, um, super versatile and is a really good glove. So another guy, Alex Hall, um, he is a Brewers prospect. He had pretty bad numbers. He's, he's going to be their starting catcher. He had pretty bad numbers in high A this last year. But he went off in in ABL in the um, Australian Baseball League this this winter. So it great numbers there. So if he can carry that over, it seems like there's a couple of guys like that, honestly, that had like really good numbers in the Australian Baseball League this winter that didn't have great numbers before. Um, obviously, it's not the same as playing in the minors. But if they can carry that momentum over into playing in the WBC, then it could really help out there. And their chances to hopefully make it out in pool B. Um, yeah. So a couple of the guys that played in 2017, I don't know if this is a comprehensive list, but I know that these guys did play in 2017. Todd Van Steensel, Tim Atherton, Warwick Sopold, Aaron Whitefield, Logan Wade, and Tim Kennelly. 
So they got a bunch of guys from 2017 that know what it means to play for Australian for for Australia to play on the national team to represent their country. It's a lot of veteran. Um, there's a lot of the big veteran presence in this uh, on this team, which is really cool to see. Um, but like I said, they are definitive number three in this pool. If they underperform or overperform, it's going to be very surprising. It, they they're supposed to finish third. So I, it would be really, really cool to see them maybe make it out of the pool for the first time in history. It would be very surprising, but uh, be a lot of fun. Their first game is against Korea, which is a must win for both teams. And that's kind of what's hard about it for Australia is since this is a must win for Korea, since they're not, I mean, they're going to put up a fight against Japan, but a lot of, most people don't believe that they're going to beat Japan because of that. They got to win against Australia. So they're probably going to pitch Kwon Hyun Kim, um, who's the ace for um for Korea. So yeah, it's gonna be a tough one to win. Um but yeah, I like this team. I think they're they're solid. They have a lot, they have the best of the best in the ABL. I don't I haven't watched much ABL, so I'm really excited to see these players and see how they perform against some elite competition as well as some lesser competition. So yeah, like this team a lot. I think that they're gonna do well. I think they're going to finish third in this pool, though. So we'll move on to the Czech Republic or Czechia, because this team is one of the most fun storylines in all of the WBC. This is the first time that they have qualified for the WBC in their history. They've never played in the WBC. um, And their road to the WBC in their qualifiers was just absolutely it was the best thing. It was so much fun to watch. So inspirational. Um, these guys for, if you follow the WBC at all, you've definitely heard this, um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, this this storyline, because it's, it's a team full of mostly amateur players. They don't play in a paid league uh, for the most part. They all have Full-time jobs outside of baseball. We got a fireman and a um, like a marketing strategist um, and a financial trader, like making up this Czech national team to play against the best of the best in the world. And they beat out a lot of other very solid teams in qualifiers to make it to this point. And I'm uh, so excited to watch them play because... It's it's going to be one of the coolest things ever. In qualifiers, they lost. I think it was twenty-one to seven versus Spain in their first game in qualifiers. Then they came back, beat France, and then they beat Germany, and then they, in the last game of their qualifiers, they beat Spain after losing to them twenty-one to seven. So it was just it was the coolest thing to watch. So definitely, if you get a chance, watch this team. They're a lot of fun. They have a lot of young talent as well. Um, Marek Klup, who we just interviewed. I just interviewed him uh, yesterday. You can go see that already on my YouTube channel or on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast feed under the WBC Central uh, podcast. It was so much fun. Um, he's a great guy. He's he, He's got some power. He absolutely mashes. Um, he's also pretty quick. So we'll talk more about him. But go listen to that podcast if you get a chance. So all players on... The Czech team are Czech-born, with the exception of four players. Jake Rabinowitz, Jeff Barton, Eric Sogard, and Willie Escala. So those are the four players that are not born in the Czech Republic. Um, everyone else is homegrown. Everybody else has played in the Czech Extraliga. Some of them, a few of them are playing in affiliated ball or, or playing in the U.S. just in general. And then uh, the rest are playing in the Czech Extraliga. So... Um, yeah, something that's big for this team is that when you qualify for the World Baseball Classic, at least this year, you automatically are given $300,000, which is huge for a federation that is not, doesn't have the history and doesn't have the funds and like the finances of a lot of these big federations. So even if they don't win a game, $300,000 is pretty massive for them to be able to qualify for the WBC for the first time. That being said, the hope is that they win a game so that they don't have to requalify. Um, but we'll see. If we look over the team, um, they're actually, you know what? <laughs> I do want to go over a couple players that are known for having two jobs. So they play, play baseball um, and then also have a day job. A couple of the guys that are notable players on the team um, 
to have that second job that people have been talking about. Arnie Dubovi, he's their starting center fielder. He's a high school teacher. Uh, Petr Zima, he's, I think, uh, he's named their captain or at least one of their captains. Um, he's their starting DH. He is a financial trader and analyst, financial analyst. Uh, Martin Schneider, he is probably their best player on the Czech team. He, uh, oh, I apologize. That's Martin Trevenka. Martin Trevenka, probably their best player. He's their starting catcher. He's a sales rep. Martin Schneider, who's their ace, is also a two-way player. He pitched in the clinching game to beat Spain to qualify for the WBC. Uh, he's a fireman. He's literally a fireman in his on his day day job. And then Pavel Hadim, he's their uh, manager. Um, he's a neurologist. So these guys are, first of all, super smart, but they have lives outside of baseball. And it's honestly really cool because I heard a a interview from Petr Zima um, how, about him talking about how much it, baseball has to mean to them for them to be able to balance baseball and the rest of their life and their families and, and careers and everything. So, you know, it means a lot to them if they're not even getting paid hardly at all. And they have full-time jobs yet. They're still playing for their country and for their team. So that's really cool. Um, if you look at the projected lineup, um, you got guys like, uh, Wojtek Mensik, Eric Sogard, Martin Trevanka, Mark Klup, Matej Mensik, uh, Willie Escala, uh, Martin Musik, Petr Zima, and uh, Arno Dubovi. So hopefully I pronounced most of those guys' names right. Eric Sogard is clearly the name that sticks out for U.S. fans uh, and U.S. baseball fans. Um, he's the lone MLB lone player with MLB experience. He had 11 years of MLB experience, so he's a seasoned vet at this point. Um, Mostly known for his big glasses, played for the A's and uh, I believe the Brewers and the Cubs. Um, so most recently played for the Cubs in 2021. He's now a Czech citizen. Um, he comes from Czech descent, I believe, maybe his parents or his grandparents, I believe, maybe his parents. But he did qualify for Czech citizenship, became a Czech citizen. He's going to be their starting second baseman, I believe, and hitting right at the top of that lineup, probably second or third in that lineup. Um, but yeah, this is a super fun team. Um, some of their better hitters are Marek Klup. Um, he's going to be the right fielder, bunch of speed, a bunch of power. Uh, Wojtek Mensik, he'll be their leadoff hitter. Uh, Trevanka, as we mentioned, their catcher, he's probably the best hitter. He's a bunch of uh, experience in AAA. So, yeah, I, the goal of this team, I think, for the WBC is to win a game and to not finish last in the pool. And... The reason I say that is because if you finish last, you have to requalify. And this team has gone so long without being able to qualify for the WBC. If they can find a way to win a game, maybe against China or maybe against Australia, then that would be the biggest moment in Czech baseball history. They wouldn't have to worry about requalifying. They could just build on this momentum and focus on the future. The WBC next one is only three years away. So that would be huge for them, especially because of how much Czech baseball is growing. Like I just, in that interview I did with Mark Klub, he mentioned that he thinks that in the next five to 10 years, baseball players in the Czech Republic are going to double. Um, and that he expects there to be an MLB player eventually in the next five to 10 years to help grow it even more. If they can requalify for the next WBC, that will just help grow them exponentially. It's going to be on TV and the Czech Republic for the first time, maybe ever. I don't know. Uh, at least for the first time notable on the world stage, so I really hope Czech baseball continues to grow and that they don't have to requalify. That would be really cool to see. So that, that's the Czech Republic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We will move on to team three in the WBC as I take a drink of water. So the third team I want to cover in pool B of the 2023 WBC is China. And China is such a fun team because we don't know much about this team. Um, hardly at all. <laughs> um, this China team 
is made up of primarily players born in China, born and raised in China, um, and have played in the Chinese league. The only issue with that is that we don't know hardly anything about the Chinese baseball league. Uh, a lot of these guys played in the league that was there back in 2018, I believe started in 2018 or 19. Um, the issue though was in 2020, COVID, everything shut down. I mean, especially in China, like the, we, everything shut down and we don't know anything after that. I haven't seen any information and been able to read any articles or um, any news on what baseball looks like in China over the last three years, two years at least. Um, so we don't know if these players have been playing at all anywhere, um, since 2020, What I do know is that, um, and this is something really interesting that I just found out like a week ago, like less than a week ago, there was an independent league team in Texas called the Texas air hogs. And I, this is, I found this out when I was just Googling some of the players names. Um, apparently they had a deal or like an agreement the Texas Airhawks did with the Chinese national team to have 30 national team players from China come over to Texas, play on the Texas Airhawks to get some experience, learn how to like do a full, uh, a full baseball season, get some uh, American baseball experience and just learn more about the game, help them develop, uh, get stronger and get better at their skills in baseball. Um, this was after uh, the last WBC in 2017, this was 2018. And I believe maybe into 2019, but I know for 2018 for sure. Um, so a lot of those players are actually on this team. Um, uh, 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 probably a majority of them, if not like maybe half the, half the roster, a lot of these names were on the Texas air hogs in 2018. I don't know much about that team. I don't know if those guys had great numbers or not in an independent league. I just know that that was the last time that we kind of saw them. Um, at least that's the last public record we have of them playing baseball. So if you look at their WBC history in 2006, they finished 15th in 2009, they finished 11th in 2013, 13th, and in 2017, 16th, they did finish last. Um, they played in every WBC. Um, they would have had to requalify, I believe in 2017, if the, or uh, this year, since they finished last in 2023, if they didn't expand, but since we expanded from, 16 to 20 teams, they didn't need to worry about requalifying. So now that they're in this pool, they are going to have a chance to starve, to, to, to stay away from uh, from requalifying again. Um, the biggest chance that they're going to have is against the Czech Republic, because the Czech Republic also is a team that is probably at the bottom of that pool. Um, they're not, they're going to have very little chance against the top teams in Japan and Korea, because these guys, we, we don't know hardly anything about them and they've been playing an independent ball in Texas or, um, in the Chinese league for a little while that no one really knows anything about, but against top leagues like Japan and Korea, they're not going to have a chance, um, where they're going to be able to make their mark known is if they can beat the Czech Republic, then they're in the same situation as the Czech Republic where they could stay away from having to requalify. They could stay in the WBC for 2026. Um, it's going to be tough against Australia because Australia has some pretty solid players as well as we just talked about, but maybe they can do it. Um, if you look at their lineup, I don't know many of these players, but we'll go over the lineup. Pei uh, Liang leads it off. Uh, second is Jin Yang. Third is uh, Yusuke Masago. Um, then we got Chen Chen, Ji Chao, Ji Ji Kao, I believe. Uh, Chen Chen again. There's two, two Jen, Chen Chens on this team. One's a third baseman and one's a DH. Uh, then you got Yang Kang Ko, Jin Jun Lo, and Ning Li. So a lot of those guys played on the Air Hogs in 2018. Um, this projected lineup and rotation I got from a player on the team, but I don't know much about the players. Uh, there are a couple players that, that we do know about. So first we'll cover uh, Quan Ju, who's probably their best pitcher, him and Alan Zong Carter, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Quan Ju plays for the KT Wiz and the KBO in 2019 and 2020. He had a sub three ERA, um, but in 2022, he had a 3.91 ERA. So kind of bumped back up. Um, he's a decent arm in the KBO. He's a reliever for the most part. I don't know if he's going to start a game for them. I put him as my as the ace on this team in my like team graphic for China, just because he's probably the most notable and um, has the most experienced uh, for a pitcher on this team. 
But uh, the guy that I'm most intrigued about on the pitching staff is Alan Zong Carter. He is uh, a pitcher that played for Lee University for three seasons, born in Singapore, but his mom was born in, in, in China. So he's eligible because of that. Over three years at, uh, at Lee University, he had a 3.55 ERA and a 14.9K per nine rate. Uh, ratio. So he's a strikeout machine. He can reach the mid mid nineties. Um, he's actually been getting a bunch of buzz in the Japanese media as of late because there's a chance that he pitches against Japan. Um, and I mean, j- j- the, j- the Japanese love baseball and love everything about it. So they want to know everything about their competition and their opponents. So they've been kind of scouting him. I've seen some of the videos that they've put on their uh, like live streams during different exhibition games. Um, in three appearances for China, actually, in exhibition games, he hasn't given up a run. Um, he has six strikeouts in those three appearances. So he's pretty solid. Um, I'm really excited to see him pitch. He seems like a really good dude, too. We've connected a couple times on Twitter. Um, but yeah, lots of buzz um, that he might play against China in game one. He is, or against Japan in game one. He just signed with the the Angels as well about a month ago. So that'll be a lot of fun to see. I'd love to see him uh, succeed and make it pretty far in affiliated ball as well. Another player that we, if you followed the previous WBC, you probably remember his name, uh, Ray Chong. He is an infielder, third baseman. I believe he played even like some first base and second base at the end of his career. He's 39 years old. He's not listed on the coaching staff on WBC's website, but I believe he is a player coach. Um, he spent 2005 to 2016 in the minors. I don't think he ever quite made it to major the major leagues. Played for the Padres, uh, played in the Padres organization, Pirates organization, Red Sox, Twins, and Reds. So he is a, he went all over the place in the minors. Um, he played in the last WBC. Um, and he is, he's a guy that we can know. Um, probably one of their better hitters. I don't, I don't see him in the projected starting lineup though. So I don't know. We'll see. It's been a couple of years since he's played baseball. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, another guy, probably their best hitter from what I understand, Yusuke Masago. He played in, he's an outfielder, played for the SoftBank Hawks for a couple seasons. He was in their organization for 10 years, but never quite made like much of an impact on the big league team. Currently a free agent. Um, so yeah, those are the guys that I kind of wanted to cover on this team. I don't know many of the other players, just full disclosure, um, disclaimer. Um, their hope is to win a game so that they don't have to requalify for the 2026 WBC. They're in the right pool to do that. They could beat the Czech Republic and they might have a chance against Australia. I don't expect it to happen. That Czech Republic game against China is honestly going to be a really entertaining. And I'm it's a must see for me because the loser might have to requalify. So that's going to be pretty intense. But that's China. Yeah. Uh, we will move on to Korea, who is oh so much fun. They're going to be so much fun. I'm pretty new to Korean baseball and in, in watching the KBO, but I can't wait to watch this team. Top to bottom, they have the best of the best in the KBO. They have the best players, Korean players that are eligible. They brought them on this team. So they're going to bring their all, and I can't wait to watch. Um, if you look at their WBC history, in 2006, Korea finished third. Uh, they got the bronze medal. And in 2009, they were second. And that is probably the most legendary game. There's not much WBC history quite yet, but we've had four so far, four editions of the, of the World Baseball Classic. And in 2009, in the final, they played against Japan and that game was electric. It went to 10 innings, I think, it went to extra innings. Um, and it was just back and forth. Um, so definitely go watch it. It's, it's a ton of fun. It's like, they have it live. Uh, they have it on, on YouTube. So you can go watch like a, a restream of that. Um, but yeah, so 2006, they finished third, 2009, they finished second in the final and 2013, they finished ninth. And in 2017, they finished 10th. So it's been a couple WBCs since they really performed at the level that they want to, and they're hoping to get back to that point. This is a very, very strong team. I don't know how it compares to previous Korean teams in the classic, but I think that this is a very strong team and just behind that top tier of teams in, in the classic. So yeah, Kim Hyun Soo, he is their captain. Uh, he has previous MLB experience with the Orioles and previous, I, I believe like a year briefly with the Phillies. Um, so he'll, he'll be their captain. We'll go on to their pitching. So their rotation is pretty solid. Um, 
it, there's a couple pitchers that are two of the best in KBO and have one of them has MLB experience. So we'll start out with Kim Kwan Hyun or Kwan Hyun Kim. Played a couple seasons with the Cardinals. He is one of the very best pitchers in Korea. When he went back to Korea, he's had some a solid year for the SSG Landers. In 29 starts, he had a 2.13 ERA, 1.07 whip. He's going to be a veteran presence on that team. I believe he's 34 years old. Um, he should be very reliable. Um, he's been here before. He knows what he's doing. Um, he should pitch against Australia, as I mentioned, and not Japan, since this is the more like win or go home game for them. Because if they lose to Australia and they lose to Japan, then they are in uh, they're in trouble. So they really want to win that game against Australia. And I believe he is in line to start the first game, even though he's technically their ace, not going to pitch against Japan. Um, the next pitcher in their rotation, who's probably going to pitch against Japan is, um, is Ku Cheng Mo left-handed pitcher, 26 years old. He is a stud on the dinos in the KBO. He had a 2.10 ERA, uh, nearly nine strikeouts per nine innings. Um, he's the projected starter against Japan. So he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, he's a lefty. So um, I can't wait for that matchup. That that game, Japan-Korea, is going to be electric, and he'll be at the center of that. So it's going to be tough. Japan's got a nasty lineup, but we'll see what he can do. Um, I did want to mention one guy that is actually not on the roster, like the one top pitcher that we won't see in the WBC. His name is Ku, is uh, An Wu Jin. He is the ace for the Kiwoom Heroes. The reason he's not on the team is because he is um, he had a bullying allegation in high school, which I believe was filed like there someone filed an assault case um, on him because of the bullying. He is one of the best pitchers in KBO, but because of that, he has not been invited back to play on the Korean national team. So he led the league in 2022, I believe, in both ERA and strikeouts. He's only 23 years old. He is a crazy talent. Um, but because of that bullying, he won't be allowed on the team. I don't know if ever, or if it's just this WBC, but, um, that's kind of a big loss. I feel like for their pitching staff. Um, so we can go ahead and move on to their lineup. Um, their closer, first of all, before I move on closer is go woo suck. I don't know much about him, but he apparently is a very nasty, he's a, he's a nasty closer. Um, so uh, I, I know I looked up his numbers previously. I don't have them pulled up right now, but he's he's pretty filthy. Um, in their lineup, we'll go over their projected lineup first. Top to bottom, one through nine. Their projected lineup, in my opinion, is Tommy Edmond, Kim Ha-sung or Ha-sung Kim, uh, Lee Jung-hoo, Park Byung-ho, Kim Hyun-soo, Choi Jong, Na-sung Bam, Yang Wee-ji, and King Bae-ko. So for the, play, the guys that are on this team that you may not be familiar with. We can go over, go over some of those names as well, but we'll start out with their best player, the best Korean player in a long time. One of the best players in Korean history. I think he's kind of on that path. Um, he's 24 years old. He's their center fielder. His name is Lee Jung-hoo. And this is a name to know absolutely for us fans, because he is definitely going to be in MLB um, after this season, after the 2023 season, he's already said he's going to post to come over to MLB. So definitely look, look out for him. In 2022, he won the MVP. He's won five straight gold gloves. He was a rookie of the year five years ago or six years ago. Uh, has never, never hit below 320. Every single year of his career, he's hit above 320. He is just like his bat to ball skills are absurd. Um, he walks twice as much as he strikes out. Um, he He's their best player, five tool player. He's got speed, doesn't steal a ton. Um, but it's got power. I think he's probably going to gain more weight as his, uh, as his career goes on and get even more power as he transitions into MLB. Um, credible, incredible all around. Um, he's their MVP. He's their best hitter. So um, he will probably bat third for them. Another player that MLB fans do know, uh, Kim Ha-sung or Ha-sung Kim. He is a shortstop for the Padres. One of the best bats in KBO when he was there, right up there with Lee Jung-hoo. Um, he's an incredible defender. And he's a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch him um, uh, to pair up with the other middle infielder on this team, Tommy Edmond, who was a big surprise as well when he committed to play for Team Korea. A lot of people didn't know he was Korean, but his mother is from Korea. He's probably going to be their leadoff hitter. 
Um, and he had an incredible year in 2022 for the Cardinals. He had a 6.4 war. He is one of the best defenders in baseball. Um, his bat is, is very solid. Um, maybe not top tier, um, maybe not an all-star level bat. He, I believe he was an all-star last year, but, uh, a big part of his game is, is his glove. He's one of the best defenders in the league, whether at shortstop or second base. So him and Kim Ha-sung up the middle, uh, are going to be a lot of fun to watch. One of my favorite middle infields in the WBC. Um, so yeah, another player that MLB fans might know, Park Byung-ho. He had played one season with the Twins, so not very long. He's one of their best power bats. He'll probably be their their uh, cleanup hitter. Um, he had 35 home runs in the KBO in 2022. Um, the rest of their lineup seems pretty fluid from the sources I've been reading on Twitter. Doesn't seem set in stone quite yet. Um, they, If you look at the rest of their projected lineup Kim Hyung Soo, Choi Jong, Na Sung Bum, Yang Wee Ji, and Kang Bae Ho. I've seen it to where all of those guys are kind of mixed up. Kang Bae Ho specifically is kind of, I don't know if controversial or just like uncertain at this point, because he's one of the best hitters in Korean baseball for sure before 2022. Um, but in 2022, I think he was injured and his OPS dropped from net, from three straight seasons of an OPS above 900, it dropped 300 points to 600 or so. Um, so if the manager trusts him, I can see him hitting pretty high in the lineup. He is one of their best power bats and one of their best hitters as well. But if they still think that he's going to produce at that 2022 rate, then he might be pretty low in the lineup. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, the expectations for this team are very high. Uh, I think that they want to get back to what... They had in 2006 and 2009 in the Classic, where they were at the top of the tournament, finished third and second. Their expectations are going to be to come out of this this pool. It is going to be a massive failure if they don't. I don't know if they really expect to finish first because Japan kind of has that on lock. But as long as they come out of the pool, make it to the quarterfinals, anything can happen in one game of baseball after that. So that gives themselves a chance to surprise people, um, make it to the semis maybe. I think that if they make it to the semis, that would be a huge success for them. I don't know if I expect them to make it to the finals, though, but I could definitely see them making it to the semis. I think I think that's very realistic. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a ton of fun. This is a team to watch, a team that's underrated that I don't think a lot of people know about. So definitely be looking out for them. And then the last team that is that I can't wait to talk about. Um, this is one of my favorite teams in the WBC, the 2020, the, the winter from 2022 to 2023 was the winter that I fell in love with Japanese baseball. And I can't wait to talk about Japan because they are one of the best teams in this tournament. Top to bottom, they have maybe the most talented roster up there with the Dominicans in the US, at least on that, on, on one side of, of the WBC bracket. They have sky high expectations. They expect to win the tournament. Like I, I, I've seen Japanese fans say that like they can't quite beat the U.S. or can't quite beat the Dominicans, but I guarantee you that the expectation of these players and this team is to win. They've won twice. This is the most successful team in WBC history. In 2009, they won the tournament. In 2000, uh, in 2006, they won the tournament. In 2009 as well, they won the classic. In 2013, they finished third. In 2017, they finished third as well. They have never finished outside the top three. So anything outside the top three is a massive failure, honestly. Um, they expect to go to the end every single time. Japan has a rich, rich history of baseball. It is their expectation to go far every single WBC. And I don't expect anything less from them this year. Um, yeah, so this is the youngest team that they've ever had. Um, and even though they've won twice, I would say that this is their best Samurai Japan team they've ever had in the WBC. So that's also why they have such high expectations. This lineup is elite. We'll go over the lineup, but the pitching rotation is, I think, what makes such a big difference. This is this is the best pitching rotation in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. The Dominicans had that had a chance to be. The best rotation, they had a couple guys drop out, though, weren't able to play. They had to withdraw. But now that that happened, I would say that the Japanese has the best pitching rotation in the WBC. And it all starts with 
the most hyped player in the world at the moment in baseball, Shohei Otani. There is nothing that hasn't been said about him. He is uh, the most exciting player to a lot of fans, especially in the uh, in East Asian baseball, Japan and beyond. He is electric. He does everything. No one does what he can do um, on a baseball diamond. Both pitching and hitting um, together is ridiculous. Um, yeah, like I said, there's, <laughs> there's no one that does what he does. Um, he's one of the best pitchers in the world, one of the best hitters in the world. He will start for them. Um, he'll start one of the games for them, but, um, we'll talk more about him on the offensive side as well. You Darvish is also pitching for them, which is a big, big get because he pitched for them 2009. Um, and after that, he hasn't pitched for them in, in the classic yet. So in 2013, and uh, 2017, he did not play for the national team. So the fact that he's back, even after signing a multi-year deal with the Padres this offseason, is a big win for the Japanese team. Um, in 2009, when he pitched in the WBC, he actually was the closer. He pitched to uh, close out the game in the final against Korea in the 10th inning. So that was that was huge. Um, and it was one of the coolest moments to see him celebrate on the, on the mound uh, to win that game and win the tournament. Uh, but he's back again. So I expect him to do really, really well. Um, he is one of three players on this ro- roster, um, which is kind of a big headline for this roster. He's one of three players who is uh, Hafu, half Japanese. Um, him, Lars Nubar, and uh, Yuki Utagawa, they're the three players that are half Japanese. And so he kind of plays as like a like a mentor, leader, uh, t- leadership type role. A mentor figure for a lot of these players, especially uh, like Yuki Utagawa. So he's going to be a lot of fun. But even that being said, with Shohei Otani and Yu Darvish, th- there's a huge case to be made, and a lot of people believe this, that they're not even the best pitchers in uh, on this team. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is probably their ace. He's probably the best pitcher on this team. He has been the best pitcher in Japan for multiple years. Um, He pitches for the Oryx Buffaloes. He's 24 years old. He is the best pitcher in Japan. He's won back-to-back MVPs, back-to-back Cy Youngs, and back-to-back pitching triple crowns. He could. He's going for a third round of all of those. Of course, Roki Sasaki, who we'll talk about in a little bit, is going to threaten some of those. But he is doing things that we have hardly ever seen in baseball, but especially Japanese baseball. Um, He has sub two ERA, two straight seasons, two straight seasons of 200 plus strikeouts. Um, He is one of the best pitchers in the world, uh, but especially in the WBC. You got Sandy Alcantara and then right behind him might be Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So um, it's, he's incredible and I cannot wait to see him because he is also along with Lee Jung-Hoo from Korea. He's going to be posting after the 2023 season. So MLB fans will get a sneak peek at him just like we did with Kodai Senga in the last WBC or Daisuke Matsuzaka in the first couple uh, WBCs. He's going to be posting. And so this is kind of a showcase for MLB fans to be able to see him before he comes over to America. The next guy though, who is probably even more hyped up than Shohei, uh, then Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and it makes sense why. His name's Roki Sasaki. He is 21 years old, plays for the Chiba Lote Marines. He's got probably even better stuff than Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He's younger, so he hasn't doesn't quite have the same numbers yet, but he could this next year, honestly. Like, he could be the best pitcher after this 2023 season. He's already throwing over 100 miles per hour in exhibition games in the preseason. I think he's reached 102 point something. Um, 12 Ks per nine in 2022, a 2.02 ERA in, two, uh, in 2022. But the big headline for him, and I, if you follow international baseball at all, you definitely saw this. Everybody was talking about it uh, earlier in the season last year. He threw a perfect game for the first time since 1994 in NPB. And then the next game, he came out and threw eight straight perfect innings after that. So 17 straight perfect innings. Uh, in NPB, struck out 19 batters in his first perfect game, 33 batters through those 17 innings. The only reason why he didn't throw another to finish that out to throw a second perfect game was because the uh, the coach took him out in the after the eighth inning. So he could have had two straight perfect games. Unbelievable. He is ridiculous. His stuff is absolutely filthy. Um, he will be coming over to uh, to MLB. I'm sure, maybe like. Four years, five years down the road. I'm not too sure. It won't be anytime soon if he does come over. 
but he, I can, he's one of my most anticipated uh, arms to watch in, in the tournament as well in this classic. And then the last pitcher I want to talk about is uh, Ryoji Koribayashi. Koribayashi. He has only had two NPB seasons, but he's had 68 saves for, um, in the NPB. Uh, over the last two seasons, a 12.5 K per nine, uh, a 1.16 ERA over the last two seasons. He's the best, from what I understand, he's the best Japanese closer in NPB. So they got him. He'll be their closer. Um, so after all of those four names <laughs> um, start those games, he's going to come in and not be any easier to hit. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. If we go on to their lineup, of course, we got Otani. Um, that's the biggest name. Let's just go top to bottom. How about that? Number one, Lars Newbar. Number two, Shohei Otani. Number three was Seiya Suzuki. We will talk about that in a little bit. Number four, Munitaki Murakami. Murata- number five, Masataki Yoshida. Number six, Shukomaki. Number seven, Hotaki Yamakawa. Eight, Sosuke Genda. And nine, Takuya Kai. Um, that's top to bottom, my projected lineup for them. Munitaka Murakami is the biggest name to talk about other than Otani right now. He is 23 years old. He's their third baseman. He slashed in 2022. He slashed 318, 458, 711. As a 23-year-old, 56 home runs broke the record for most ever home runs by a Japanese-born player in NPB. 134 RBI. He has hits like he has like as many walks as he has strikeouts. So all around just an elite, elite bat, like one of the most freakish athletes in J- in Japan be on the trajectory of becoming one of the best Japanese bats ever, even though he's only 23 years old. He's already doing things that no one's ever done. 56 home runs in his 2023, 2022 to 23 age season. Um people are going crazy over him on Twitter. Um, there was a, during the training camp for Samurai Japan, he had a home run, an absolute bomb dead center off of you uh, Darvish. So he's got power. He's got pop. He's got a kind of like sneaky speed. He's kind of a bigger guy, but he's got a little bit of speed, um, but his bat is just elite. One of the best bats in the tournament, honestly. Um, so he's going to be a lot of fun. He'll be coming over to MLB eventually as well. Probably got, got a good four or five seasons maybe like four seasons before he comes over. But once he does, he'll be great. But in the meantime, he's he's elite. Elite of the elite MVP in uh, in NPB. So you'll absolutely want to watch him. Lars Newbar was definitely the biggest surprise for, uh, <laughs> probably the biggest surprise in the WBC because you look at the name Lars Newbar and you do not think Japanese at all. <laughs> um, but his mom was born in Japan. He grew up um, wanting to play for the Japanese team. There was a super cool video of him on on Twitter of him as a kid saying that he'd like to play for his country, to play for Japan uh, someday in the future. And now he gets to. He was projected to be the center fielder um, because of Seiya Suzuki. He was probably going to be the right fielder. It'll be center fielder or right fielder, depending on who takes Seiya's place. Um he he's great. I think he's pretty underrated. I think he's going to kind of break out this next season in MLB. His stat cast page, baseball savant is like all red. Um, he's a very good defender, a very good bat, just like a very well-rounded player, double digit home runs um, in like a hundred games or so in 2022. So, and then in 2023, he'll have an everyday role with the Cardinals. So I expect him to have a really big season. Um, I really like him. He seems like an awesome dude. I, I just like rooting for him. Uh, Masataki Yoshida. He's 29 years old, just came over to play with the Red Sox, uh, just signed with the Red Sox. One, he's actually one year older than Otani, which I didn't I didn't realize. Um, but he had 20 straight home runs almost every year of his career. So he's got power. But his big thing is his on-base skills, his on-base percentage. He walks twice as much as he strikes out. He's one of, he basically like Shohei, uh, like, like Juan Soto type plate discipline uh, in Japan. His career over seven seasons in NPB, the second best league in the world, his career batting average is 327. So he is one of their best bats. He will be at the top middle of that lineup, um, probably fourth or fifth, depending on uh, where they hit him. Um, so yeah, he'll be awesome. And it'll be fun to see him before he makes he plays in MLB as well. Um, and then after that, the rest of the lineup kind of like Kind of like Korea, I feel like it's a little bit fluid. And the reason for that, a big reason for that is because the middle to like this 
five, six, the six, seven, eight is really up in the air. Uh, or maybe the five, six, seven, depending on uh, where they hit them. Shugo Maki, Hotaka Yamakawa, and uh, Tetsuda Yamada, they can all be in the starting lineup. Shugo Maki is a really young player. He plays first or second. He's better defensively at second base. Hotaka Yamakawa, he's primarily first base. Um, he's the best power bat of the three. And Tetsudo Yamada, he is the veteran. He is one of the better players in Japanese history as well. Um, but he's a little bit older, maybe not quite as elite as he once was. I would say Shugo Maki is the best bat of the three. Yamakawa is the uh, has the most power, but Yamada is the best defensively. So the hard part is, do you want Maki at second and Yamakawa at first, or do you want Yamada at second and Shugo Maki at, at first? Because I don't think you'd take Shugo Maki out of the lineup to put Yamakawa at first and Yamada at second, but um, it could be a rotation. Any three of those guys could be in the lineup. After them, uh, Sosuke Genda, he's going to be their starting shortstop. He's not the greatest bat, but he's elite defensively. So he will uh, maybe, I believe he's one of the better, one of the best shortstops in Japan and in Japanese history as well. Um, very, very solid glove. So he'll they love their defense and their small ball. He's going to be great for them. Um, he'll be their starting shortstop. And then Takuya Kai is going to be their starting catcher. Honestly, he's probably the worst bat of their three catchers, but he is a veteran presence. He's been on the national team for years and is um, reliable behind the plate. Uh, I don't think that they want to take him out of that lineup just because of his history and his connection with the team. So, yep. The only last thing we want to talk about with this ro- this roster is Seiya Suzuki. He has been ruled out, unfortunately. He had an oblique injury uh, and will be p- replaced with a Taisei, uh, Taisei, what's his last name? Makahara, I believe. Um, so it's going to be tough to see who's going to play in show uh, in, in Seiya Suzuki's role. Um, he was gonna, supposed to be the starting right fielder, one of their best bats, probably their three-hole. So that's a, kind of a brutal loss. He's one of their best, best bats for sure. So we could see... Uh, uh, we could see Kondo come in, maybe start in right, left or right field. I know he's not as good defensively. And then maybe move Lars Newtbar over from center to right field, which is technically his original position. Uh, so if Kensuke Kondo comes in and starts in the corners, he could go play right, but it's the center fielder. Then you got to figure out. So I don't know. I don't know what that looks like quite yet, but the rest of the roster looks pretty solid. Um, yeah. Whoever they bring in as a backup is going to be fine. The expect- expectation for this team, like I said, is to win it all. If they don't win, they're disappointed. Um, they want to at least make it to the final. Everybody in Japan is excited, from what I understand, to see the Jap- Japan versus USA matchup. So hopefully we get that. Um, it could be them versus the Dominicans. could be them versus the Venezuelans. But I think, if I were to guess or predict right now, on that side of the bracket, I have Japan making it to the final. Um, I-, I see it being uh, very difficult for any other team to make it there. On that side, they have the best pitching in the tournament. I would say best, uh, best starting pitching at least. Um, and they have the least losses. USA lost a lot of pitchers. Dominicans lost a lot of pitchers. Um, the Japanese have really only lost Seiya Suzuki, which is a big bat, but they've only lost one player. Everyone else from MPB is playing all of the best Japanese players. So that is all of the teams. That's, that's the full breakdown. I know this is like an hour, so it's, uh, it's been a long, long episode, but if you've listened this far, thank you so much. This is uh, a blast. I love, I love this pool and I'm really excited to see them. We will quickly go through some predictions for pool B. My prediction for the seeding of pool B, the number one team is going to be Japan. I don't think that there's any way that any other team um, beats them. I think Korea and Japan is going to be a fantastic game, but Japan, I would say, is going to finish number one in that pool. And I'm going to have Korea at number two. So those two are are supposed to be the top two teams. That's how I have them finishing. Number three, I have Australia. Number four, I do have Czech Republic and five, China. That Czech Republic-China game is going to be incredible um, just because it's going to be the team. Whoever wins will probably be able to survive and not have to requalify. But I, I think that the Czech team has enough talent to be able to win a game. So we'll see. A couple of the headlines, or I guess a couple other things I wanted to mention. I think the best player in this pool is going to be Otani. I don't think that that is hard to say. There's a lot of players in this pool that are 
elite on the Japanese and Korean teams. Um, but Otani is Otani. <laughs> There's not much to say about him, much, much else to say about him. I think Japan's going to make a run at the final. I think the Czech will win a game, as I mentioned. And I think Korea, Japan will be one of the best games in this tournament. Um, that rivalry goes back deep. There's a lot of history to that rivalry in baseball, and um, it's going to be a must watch. So absolutely watch it. I think it might be in the middle of the night in Tokyo if you're in the U.S., but you have to watch it because it's going to be electric, especially after the history they have in the WBC of making it to the final against each other in, in 2009. So, yeah, that is Pool B. That was a marathon, but a ton of fun. Um, let me know if you have any questions or want to know anything else about these players or these teams. Uh, if you want to see the the full projections that I have for these teams, the full roster breakdown, those graphics that I make with the WBC history, the roster notes, the coaching staff, the uniforms and everything, go check out my Twitter at Sean Spradling. Um, I, I post them all there. My TikTok is at Sean uh, at Sean Spradling. My Twitter, I apologize, is at Sean underscore Spradling. So, yeah, let me know if y'all need anything. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me or give me any feedback. I would love to hear it. Love to hear what y'all think. Let me know what players you're most excited to see in this pool, what teams you think might surprise, who you think is going to finish last, and who you think is going to win this turn, this uh, this pool. So, yep, y'all have a great night or a great morning, great day. Whatever time you're listening to this or watching this, have a great one. I will talk to y'all soon.